From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. In the middle of last month, Australia had its last chance to contain the coronavirus pandemic. One strain of the virus was all but defeated in the community, but then a second strain broke out, escaping from hotel quarantine. Today, Rick Morton on how close Australia came to containment and what happens next. Rick, let's start by going back a month or so. Can you tell me about the moment that it became clear that Australia had failed to contain a second coronavirus outbreak? Yeah, so you know, time is a is a clarifying thing. And in hindsight, by the middle of June, the battle to contain this new outbreak had already been lost. And it happened in a rolling sequence of events. Rick Morton is a senior reporter at the Saturday paper. So over three days, clusters were announced at the retailer H&M. Fashion outlet H&M has shut up shop at Northland after a worker in his 20s tested positive to coronavirus. After a... In a North Melbourne family, in a Keelor Downs family and an Auburn Vale primary school teacher linked to that family. And then two days after that, on June 22nd, two more teachers at the same school tested positive. Uh, the teacher worked whilst infectious on the 15th to the 17th of June. So the school is currently closed whilst contact tracing and testing is under. The virus then popped up 15 kilometres to the east in a family in Maribyrnong, which was confirmed as a new cluster the next day on June 23rd. At a top level, uh, there is one from hotel quarantine, two that are associated with with known outbreaks. Next came childcare centres, aged care homes, a McDonald's franchise in Mills Park, a mental health service in Footscray, a dental clinic in Maidstone and two more colleges. Uh, So in the usual way, uh, they'll be closed, they'll be the subject of deep clean and all the other work, including the contact tracing that our... So you've got two family clusters um, that they, they think are likely now to have brought the infection to El Tukwa College in Melbourne's west, which was declared on June 29. The cases linked to the El Tukwa cluster. 76 are students, 28 are staff, 16 are close contacts and 27 remain under investigation. And the same day, Victoria's Chief Medical Officer, Brett Sutton, confirmed that genomic testing had found that recent cases were linked to hotel quarantine. Uh, Whatever you call it, it's as big as the first one. It's looking that way. Second peak, second wave, it's, it's got the same challenges. He also acknowledged the seriousness of Victoria's situation. We've got significant numbers to follow up uh, and we've got significant risk of transmission from all of those newly diagnosed individuals. And so that was a key moment, right, when the outbreak was linked directly to hotel quarantine. Why is that? It's important because it shows just how close Australia came to containing this thing. You know, basically there are only, uh, you know, two main strains of coronavirus. And two months before this new wave of outbreaks in Victoria, Australia had pretty much beaten the first strain. This is known as the S strain, and it's the one that has been linked back to Wuhan in China. On April 16, this S strain was found in a 79-year-old woman in Victoria, and her diagnosis would represent essentially the end of the line for the first wave of the outbreak in Australia. So this S strain was gone? As good as. You know, social distancing had been a success. Uh, Lockdown policies had starved the virus of venues for large-scale contagion. The initial virus 
was essentially defeated. Australia has reached a milestone with zero new locally acquired cases of coronavirus. It's believed to be the first time that's happened since the peak of the pandemic across the country. But as the original lineage kind of petered out in Australia, newer versions of the virus were taking off in Europe and America, and we watched that unfold. As this outbreak grows globally and the number of cases in the U.S. rises, many are wondering what the government will do and what they can, can do in order to prevent the spread. The coronavirus outbreak in Europe has passed a grim milestone with the number of deaths there now twice the official number in China. This wasn't a surprise. Uh, scientists expected the SARS-CoV-2 virus to mutate as it spread, and there's no evidence these versions in Europe or America were more or less potent or infectious than what was seen in Wuhan in the original outbreak in December. But the changes did provide a useful map of where the virus may have been and where it might be headed. OK, so... I'm guessing that the virus that was linked to the hotel quarantine in Melbourne, that was this new version, this European or American strain. Correct. And, you know, when genomic testing first identified these newer versions in Australia, they were showing up in returning travellers in mandatory hotel quarantine. So people who had come home from places like Northwest Europe, where this virus had mutated, um, and they had these newer versions of the virus. And this meant that as long as this system held, this system of hotel quarantine, as long as that was okay, the nation was on track to all but eliminate COVID-19 in the community. And, you know... (laughs) and the virus got out again. And this new strain is kind of known as G, and there's two offshoots, there's G, GH, GR. Um, But this was the strain that would ignite what Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews has called the public health bushfire. Uh, Much like a bushfire, and this is a public health bushfire, we need to contain it and then ultimately put it out. But if you can't find it... And from here, everything sort of fell apart. We'll be back in a moment. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. The City of London in Andrew Hagen's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest Caledonian Road. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rick, we're talking about how the second wave of coronavirus got out. You're saying it's actually a different strain to the first outbreak, which was essentially contained. Can you tell me more about that breakdown in hotel quarantine, which essentially allowed this second strain out into the community? So unlike New South Wales, where police were actually brought in to patrol quarantined arrivals in hotels, I walked past many of them myself in those early days, in Victoria, private security contractors were hired instead. And and, and that was a risk the Andrews government was warned about very early on. Well, leaked emails have shown just how early the Victorian government was made aware of problems with hotel quarantine. 
So leaked emails reveal that a senior bureaucrat uh, from one of the, the state's departments raised the alarm on March 28, writing to several high-ranking leaders in the state's lead COVID-19 response agency at the Department of Health. And the email urgently requested that police be put in charge of quarantine. The Department of Jobs wrote to an official in the State Control Centre. We request that Victoria Police is present 24-7 at each hotel starting from this evening. The email was also sent to Emergency Management Victoria, which was co-leading the actual uh, hotel quarantine system. But police were never sent into the hotels. They never received a specific request to be involved. Their statement saying Victoria Police has not received a formal request to provide resources to the quarantine hotels. As the... And, you know, I spoke to one police source who said to me, we were never asked. So two months after that, the first case of a security guard, a privately contracted security guard, Testing positive for coronavirus was logged by health officials. And within days of that, this cluster at the ridges on Swanston would grow to a total of six cases. The day after the ridges cluster was confirmed, on May 28, an outbreak in an extended family group in the northwest Melbourne suburb of Keelor Downs was declared. This is the initial Keelor Downs family cluster. There was a second one uh, that came up in June. And so on May 30, a class of Year 2 students at the Holy Eucharist Primary School in St Albans South was sent into quarantine after a student linked to the Keelor Downs family cluster tested positive for COVID-19. Over the following fortnight, 71 cases would be declared across the state. That's 71 cases over two weeks. Many of these were returning overseas travellers. The spread appeared to have stalled. It had got out, but they had hoped that they could contain it. This was probably the last chance the Andrews government had at keeping this second wave in check. Rick, I want to understand why, despite the warnings and despite other states doing it differently, why did the Victorian government go ahead with private security instead of police? What would motivate that? Look, to be honest, I don't think anyone knows at this point. Um, It might have been cheaper. Um, Even though uh, the police were never asked formally, it may have come up in conversation and they may have expressed uh, their disinterest in doing so. Um, You know, there were a couple of rumours floating around that they just didn't want to be in there doing that because they thought it was beneath them. But the police union, you know, told me that it's absolutely categorically not true. The police were just never asked to go in. Now, why that is the case, I don't know, but it is the linchpin... Uh, in this system of containment, and it failed. The virus got out. And so when you look at the data, by June 14, a new family cluster had been declared in Coburg, 17 kilometres east of Keelor Downs. The next day, cases were detected in a patient and healthcare worker at Monash Health. Five medical staff have tested positive, and a further this morning, seven are at home self-isolating. I can also... On June 17, the state government confirmed that a security contractor at the Stamford Plaza had tested positive for COVID-19. Now, authorities revealed a further 21 new cases in the state that day. 21 new confirmed coronavirus cases have been recorded in Victoria over the last 24 hours. And, that, you know, that was almost double the previous highest daily update in the previous fortnight. Two days later, officials revealed a new extended family cluster spread from that Stamford Plaza security contractor in Hellam. 
And from there, it started to really rush on through the community. Victoria has today recorded the biggest rise in new coronavirus cases since the pandemic began. To the point where we are now seeing, you know, more than 300 new cases in one day. 317 new cases of COVID-19 is by far and away the biggest daily jump we've seen. Uh, well, Victoria has recorded its darkest day since the pandemic began with 428 new coronavirus cases and three deaths in 24 hours. It's led to a desperate... So, you know, we're not at the point yet where the lockdown measures that were reintroduced might have slowed the spread of this thing, but it really is our only hope. Mm. And Rick, what does all of this tell us about the virus and, and how we might contain it now? You know, the more I write about this, the more I realise that increasingly the story of coronavirus in Victoria and across Australia is one of a, you know, a cataclysmic global event that has exploited existing failures in policy and governing institutions. It's been a stress test. You know, it, it has shown up weaknesses in the hospital system, in the use of private contractors to perform crucial work, which is like a drug for any um, stripe of government these days and has been for decades. You know, it has shown up issues in aged care funding and staffing, and it's also revealed the apparent inability of authorities to speak to migrant communities and the marginalised in ways that not only engage them, but actually in their language. You know, the, the delays in getting translated material out to people in public housing towers and migrant communities is unforgivable, I think, when you're trying to contain something in the community and it's in those communities. So, you know, the virus is like a deadly torchlight as far as I'm concerned. Its, it's containment now can only be assured by dealing with the fault lines it has managed to render visible. And, you know, that is the task in front of us right now and it'll be there when, when and if we get a coronavirus vaccine. Rick, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Ruby. This year, the Saturday paper celebrates 10 years as Australia's leading independent newspaper. In that time, it's built a peerless reputation for quality journalism, for telling stories that are ignored elsewhere. It's the essential account of the week in politics, culture and news. When you read the Saturday paper, you don't need to read anything else. Subscribe today from just $2.10 per week. Visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash subscribe. The Saturday paper, the whole story. Also in the news... There were 275 new cases of coronavirus recorded in Victoria yesterday, bringing the state's total cases close to 3,000. The state government has ordered more than 1.37 million reusable masks for students who will be required to wear them to school from this week. Meanwhile, the Victorian inquiry into hotel quarantine has begun and will investigate the decisions of government departments and private companies. And a landmark review into Australia's national environment laws has called for a major overhaul, including establishing an independent COP to oversee them. The review into the 20-year-old Environment Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act also flagged legally enforceable national standards to stop the decline of Australia's natural environment. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.